And I'm Crispin. In this podcast, we will be listening to the Adventures in Odyssey radio show that has been put out by Focus on the Family for the past 30 years. If you grew up evangelical like us, there's a good chance you've heard an episode or two. We'll be on the lookout for themes and messages in the show that coincide with, and sometimes depart from, God's vision for his kingdom in the world. Thanks for listening with us. So we're really sorry that we have not had a podcast in a while. Right. But, you know, we don't even know people listen to this. So sorry if you do. Right. <laughs> Maybe we should send out an email to everybody that has emailed us and just say, hey. All five of you. You're right. amazing. We love you. <laughs> yeah. Life has been super busy, but school started up again. Mm-hmm. So now we have a little bit more breathing room, maybe. Yeah. Right. Who knows? Anyways, we're back. We did. I did a poll on Twitter. You weren't. You were at work, Crispin. Mm-hmm. But I asked people what kind of episode they want to listen to, and the people have spoken. They said they wanted something kind of silly, no more weird history ones, which is what Crispin wanted to do. Which is the one you wanted to do? Uh, the Underground Railroad. Which we, we might get to that, okay? Right. Because I've been working on an article about. I know you would have a lot to say <laughs> about, about revisionist history in a Christian. Textbook. So that would be fun to talk about, but we're not doing that today. Basically, the, one of the reasons that we didn't do it, in addition to the poll, was that it was a three-parter, and it turns out it's really hard to find like an hour to listen to Adventures in Odyssey in our life. Right. There's a lot of other things I want to listen to. But this one was nice and short. Yeah. And I asked Christian, like, let's just do like a weird, silly morality one. And so we picked this one because I saw the title and it stood out to me, and it's called... The boy who didn't go to church, right? Or yeah. stopped going to church? No, the boy who didn't go to church. And when did it air? I don't actually know. Oh my but gosh, we're not prepared. I do know I that... You said 98. No, it was before that, because that, this was one from my childhood. Oh. So it was one that I like listened to growing up. And I think that it was on like a sample tape. Like, they would give out these like kind of sample from tapes. From Chick-fil-A. Probably. Except we lived in Oregon, so there wasn't Chick-fil-A. But, but that's what people have said. Uh, yeah, we are like, you know, from the Pacific Northwest, so we never grew up on Chick-fil-A. But people have said that they gave out Adventures in Odyssey tapes. Anyways, the title stood out to me, this whole thing about a boy who didn't go to church, because Crispin and I have some thoughts about church, which we will get into during this podcast. But Crispin, I feel like you were trying to set me up before I listen to it. Because Chris was always afraid that I'm going to hate these episodes. Which I don't know why he's afraid of that. So you were trying to like prepare me. What did you say? Uh, I was like, just so you know, it's it's not a, it's something that actually happens in Odyssey. It is a play with a moral to it. And I was like, yeah. Well, Adventures in Odyssey, they just are morality plays already. So this is a morality play within a morality play. Right, yeah. Right? Yep. But totally. I love it. I grew up, like, being in church plays. Partly because I wanted to, and partly because I was the pastor's kid, and I was always <laughs> around. And I remember I was so mad one year. I had to be Mary in the nativity thing. And I was like, I think I was 15. And I was just like, I cannot handle this but there's other places because i was homeschooled so it was like my one way to get out i was in all these church plays and i I loved it i remember when i was like 15 or 16 i played joseph oh great and i had a crush on the girl that was mary 
And in my Christian... Yeah, the Joseph at my church had a huge crush on me too. Right, yeah. In your Christian boy brain, you're like, we're playing these parts. So maybe it means that like it will lead to immaculate conception and we'll get married. Yeah, immaculate conception (laughs) is like a huge fear for most Christian girls because they're like, nobody would believe me. Anyways, my Joseph, his name really wasn't Joseph. You know, he ended up like pawning my base because Mm, I refused to date him. That Joseph. Yeah. Anywho, so this episode, do you want to do the recap? Yeah, so basically Jack, who is one of your favorite characters, I don't even remember who he is. He's the guy from the modesty one. Okay, Jack, whatever, yeah. Um, So Jack shows up to the church, which he has not been to for a while, and they rope him into uh, reading lines for this play as the the main person because the actor uh, wasn't there. But they need to practice. All we need is a stand-in. And I just happen to know where we can find one. Me? If you don't mind. Mind? I'd love to. But wait. Who wrote the play again? This is very important. Oh, I don't actually know. Mr. Mr. Whitaker. Of course. He's a playwright, y'all. He does everything creative. He actually has like... It's not creative. It's rigid and moralistic. He has written like a ton of books. I don't know if you knew this. Mr. Whitaker? Yeah. He like has like. He's an author? Half of the books in the library are written by him. Like myself? Yes. So he's basically Dr. Dobson. Yeah. Did Dr. Dobson write plays? Well, if he did write plays, I'm pretty sure this is what he would write, which is what Adventures in Odyssey is. See, we're getting meta. Yeah. We're getting so meta right now. Right. Okay, so Jack is standing in in the play, and basically it's about this um, group this uh, that decides they want to do good for people in the world called the Body. Um, that's an acronym. Uh, stands for something. The that Brotherhood I of Dutiful Youth. The Brotherhood of Dutiful Youth, or the Body for short. Which when I was listening, I'm like, has there ever been like a good group that started off with the word Brotherhood? Oh, I thought you were going to say youth, but I guess... Well, both. Oh, my word. <laughs> right. I mean, I guess... On both ends of that title are terrible things. Right. So, but yeah, so they all have a role, and it's clear that each person is um, has a role that they're the eyes or the ears or the feet or the they arms. They have really cheesy names, like... I see clearly. Is the eye yeah. of the body. Right. And are you listening... As in, like, r dot u dot What's the name listening. of the girl who's the mouth? Lip something. Miss, Miss Lip... Lipman? Lipman, right, yeah. Okay. Doris Lipman? As per usual, I'm right in my place with a bright, shiny face, Mr. Headley. And on behalf of the others, I'd just like to say what a pleasure it is for all of us to be here. Thank you. But a simple here would have done, Miss Lipman. Um, and then Jack Lafoot. Yeah, Jack Lafitte. Oh, Lafitte. Yeah. Is it Jack Lafitte? Is it Jack and Jack? John Lafitte. John Lafitte. And um and so basically So Mr. Whitaker is super smart because of these names, right? That's yes, right. Right. So Very, creative. Yes. Yeah. And uh yeah, they all their personalities come out in their voices, like Miss Lipman is super obnoxious. And um so they decide how to help people. But John Lafoot uh Lafitte. His, Lafitte, he gets tired. <laughs> <laughs> of he's like always walking around or he's like carrying. the delivery person right yeah so he gets tired of that and decides i'm done with this i'm gonna wait, leave wait, wait. first of all 
Let's go back to like, what is their main duty? Is they try and find poor people to help. Right, yeah. And they need all the different kinds of people to find the poor people and help them. Which is just fascinating. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so John thinks he is, he's just tired of being the delivery person. He wants to go out and find the poor people himself. But that's what I do every time. I'm always taking people here, picking them up from there. I want to do something different. Right. He gets tired of, of always doing the same thing over and over. So he leaves the body. Yes. And starts his own thing. And, and um, so, yeah, gets a bunch of guys that also want to help that are outside the body. He says something like, there are lots of people outside the body that want to help. Maybe I'll go join them. I'll bet there are lots of people like me who always do the same thing and who want to try something different. I don't know if that's a very good idea, John. Oh, yeah? Well, I'll show you. That want to help people. Yeah. Um, and it's this crowd of guys that go like, hoo, 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 all the time. Oh, my gosh. Can you do that again? <laughs> what do they say? <laughs> They're just like, hoo, 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 hoo. <laughs> Crispin really... Loves the silly aspects of Adventures and Odyssey. Yep. And I have no sense of humor, so I hate them. Anyways, I think the point was like they're all Lafitte people. They're all yeah. foot people. Footmen. Yeah, I think yeah. there's like lots of st- stomping too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's hard for me because I listened to this when I was like five and six. So like I remember it all, but the details... I But like, that's what's important. That's really important. We'll talk about that. Cut. So let's finish the recap really quick. So. Cut. Go for it. Okay, so anyways, John and the foot people, they like keep wandering around the neighborhood trying to find poor people, but they can't, but there's this guy in a nice suit sitting on this bench, and they're like, hey, can you keep an eye out? We keep seeing you. Can you tell us if there's any poor people? He's like, well, my house burned down and everything burned down. I just live on this bench now. And they're like, okay, well, great. Well, tell us if you know anybody who needs help. Because I work out of my home, the fire destroyed my income too, so this bench is really the only place I have to go. Oh. Well, see, we're, we're here to help people. Yeah. yeah, and we were wondering, uh, since you're here a lot, if you know where we can find any. Find any what? Any people who need help. No, I don't, but if I see any, I'll let you know. Really? Oh, that's great. Thanks a lot. Well, we gotta go. See you around. Yeah, right. Later on, he isn't there anymore so they go to this diner and the lady there is like oh yeah he's mr down and out and like the authorities kicked him off the bench and like he really needed help why didn't you know that and they're like oh i don't know why and then she was like well my sister really needs help but like then they don't understand her and they don't listen and so finally john is like oh like i can't do this on my own with people just like me so he goes back to the body but then when he gets back no one is there and he's like is it because they're out helping people and uh, I see clearly is there. And she's like, no, uh, when you left, we couldn't do our job anymore. And so the body broke apart and is no more. Why did it have to break up? Because when you left, there was no one to take us to people who need help. You mean just because I wasn't here? The body couldn't do what it was supposed to. But can't we get back together? It's too late. Goodbye, John. But... Goodbye. No! Because you left, and that was the end of the play. Yeah, right. And then Jack, who was, like, just, you know, rehearsing the play with Mr. Whit, Mr. Whitaker, 
was like, wow, are you sure you wanna do this play at church tomorrow because it's such a downer? Well, this play ends on a real downer. You sure you wanna do it for church? And Mr. Whitaker's like, no, this is exactly what we're going to do for the church. This is what the church needs to hear. First Corinthians 12, 27 says that Christians are Christ's body. And verse 18 says that God has placed each one of us in the body just where he wants us to be. Now, a lot of people are like John Lafitte. They don't like where God has put them. Basically, something like that. Right, yeah. Mm -hmm. Like he really wants to like stick it to the church. Like if anybody leaves, this whole ship goes down. <laughs> Yeah. Right. Right. And that's... Them. Yeah, and then Chris gets on and is just talking about, you know, 1 Corinthians 12, which is all about the body. Mm -hmm. So that's the recap. Okay, so it's a morality play about... And if you, you can just look on this and like all these Wikipedia pages about Adventures in Odyssey. The purpose of this episode is about the importance of attending church. Mm-hmm. Oh, because Chris also says something like, well, you go to church and you like... Suffer with those who suffer. You rejoice with those who rejoice. And that's why it's important to go to church. And everybody has their own role. And with that one person, you know, everything's terrible. And yeah, what did it make you think about? Well, it was really interesting because I was like, the church that is described in this morality play is the kind of church that I would want to be involved in. Way more than um, going and I heard someone describe it recently. Uh as uh, group karaoke with a lecture. Um, oh, that's what like evangelical churches are like? Yeah, right. That's harsh. Yes. Um, but accurate. Right. And so, so it was really interesting that it was like what they were describing actually was like much more active. And what did they say? Like they said like the, yeah, I mean just this idea of going out to help the world. Which help is, the poor. So I'm like, yeah, of course I would want to be a part of that group. However, it's kind of weird to assume that there's no poor people within your organization or church or whatever. And the metaphor just gets stretched really thin, which made me think about... So I'm a pastor's kid, right? I grew up in church. And my dad preached on, like, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, where this thing comes from, like, all the time. Like, hmm. this is one of the sermons I can really recall... He, he would always talk about the body. He'd be like, what if we were just like one big eyeball like rolling around? You know, that'd be mm -hmm. terrible. Like, mm -hmm. So as a kid, that really stood out to me. Just flopping around, you know. But it's interesting because this isn't, this isn't, like First Corinthians 12 is not about church attendance. Or even about like making sure your local church is good and has like a nice diversity of people that can then meet the needs of the community. It's about spiritual gifts, and how people have different giftings. Like, that's it. That's what mm. it's about. And it's not about church attendance or the church in general. And it's not utilitarian, which is what this episode is. Like, the church can't function if we don't have a certain, all these different kinds of people. Like, that's not true. Like, the kingdom of God is going to come whether or not you have a foot, a hand, an mm. eye, an ear. You know what I mean? Like, it's going to come no matter what. And actually, like, I really just like this idea of if you're good at something, that's like what you're born to do for the church. Like, I think spiritual gifts are really important, but they're not the main message of the kingdom of God at mm. all. And in fact, like even in 1 Corinthians 12, the actual passage, which they don't talk about in this episode, is just God loves to use the weakest, most shameful, right. private parts of the body. Like, that's what he loves to use. And I'm like, that's such an awesome message. And that's not what 
Adventures in Odyssey was about. So again, I want to go back to like what you thought this was about as a kid, because I think it's like nefarious to take <laughs> a passage in the Bible that's about God using the weak things of the world to bring his kingdom to turn it into something like you have to go to church or else you should feel terrible. Like you're ruining everything. Mm. Yeah. As a kid, it did not connect to me. Actually, it felt very disconnected. Like I did not, like I listened to it so many times and it never was like, Oh, I should go to church. It was like, Oh, that's a cool group. And I feel sad that they're not helping people anymore, but it did not like connect at all that. Like that is what church is. Cause church was like a social event to go to. Yeah. Were you really into church as a kid? Yes. Definitely. Because that was like when I got to see people and hang out with people. And as we've mentioned before, I was bullied at school. Church was actually church was mostly not that much better. The pastor's son would like hit me with his Bible, which was a hard cover. Oh my and I gosh. only had a soft cover. It was sad. What kind of Bible did you have when you were a kid? Um, I had a like it had a wave on it and Philip. It was like the study Bible with Philip Yancey. <gasps> Yeah. Now, Yancey is legit. Right. I don't want people to think we are anti-evangelicalism, like okay? Just because I think <laughs> Mr. Whitaker is a weirdo meddling person who twists the Bible for his own purposes. I seriously <laughs> love people like Philip Yancey. I think I had something called like the Extreme Teens Bible. Weren't you in a Bible? No, you were in a book. I was in a book called Stories for the Extreme Teen's Heart. <laughs> oh my gosh. Anywho, um, but yeah, just thinking like what did church mean to me as a kid? It was my whole life because my dad was the pastor. And that kind of makes me think about institutions. Like this is the message put forth by people who are employed by churches. Yeah. Right? Like mm -hmm. you have to go to church. You have to tithe. You have to be all in or this is not going to work. Like... Yeah, those are messages by people who are very invested in that institution continuing on. And I always, I'm always like, wait a minute. This whole thing is, doesn't, like the whole morality play that Mr. Whitaker wrote, doesn't have any faith in God. Right? Like, yeah. yeah, which I do. And again, it's complicated. I'm glad that the church paid my dad's salary throughout the years. But at the same time, like, I think at this point in our life, we really love to learn from bivocational people. Mm -hmm. What you say, like yeah. our current pastor right now, he does mentoring with um, and coaches basketball, like in high schools. He works with women or girls teams in high schools. <laughs> like you can see how those experiences and being in that world, like gives his understanding of the Bible, gives his understanding of the world, just such a fuller, richer, more complex picture than if he was just writing sermons for Christians in a right. church, right? Yeah. One time I heard this uh, pastor preach a sermon. It was from, I want to say First Peter, because it was about persecution. And he was like, you know, when you go into your workplace and they threaten to fire you because you're reading your Bible... And it's like, that is someone that has not worked in a real workplace. <laughs> like, if you think that, like, you get fired for reading your Bible on your break or something. Right. Yeah. So I'm just like, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense. And it's a very complicated topic. And I say this as someone who 
I mean, there comes a limit to being able to do things for free, right? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm at that limit, personally. So I think people <laughs> should be paid for their work, especially women who, you know, historically have not been paid for all the work that we've contributed to the church um, that we've done. But I still don't like these messages that are like, if you don't attend church, like, the world's going to hell in a handbasket. And that's hard for me. Mm. It's hard for me. Like... I don't want the church to be my social club. Like, my neighbors are my club. Most of my neighbors would never feel comfortable going inside of a church. So what does right. that mean? Yeah. What does that mean for us? Right. I thought a lot as I was listening to this episode, I was just thinking about churches and, like, how they are get so inner-focused so quickly and so easily. And that seems to be clearly the message that Mr. Whitaker is sending is, like, you need to come to church because it won't survive without you. Yeah. Which is, like, just really problematic. And I feel like we get... We really get off course of, like, what Jesus' kingdom is about, right? So, like, we look at Luke 6, right? I've, uh, you know, come to proclaim good news to the poor, proclaim freedom to the captives, good news for those that are in prison. And then what we do is we say, all right... To follow God's call, you got to show up on Sunday morning and make coffee for other people that are coming to church. Yeah, which is funny because, like, we do do those things. Right. Like, lest anyone think we're anti-church. I mean, there's been periods of time where we haven't gone to church. And we still... It's still not, like, our favorite thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we shouldn't be saying this in public. But... Well, okay, so one thing I wanted to say was that actually if you read 1 Corinthians 12, it talks about like if the foot says to himself like I don't want to be a part of this body, like that doesn't actually happen. He's still a part of the body. So it's fascinating to think about what Paul is actually saying. Like even if you, with the giftings that God has given you, even if you say like, well, I'm not going to be a part of this, like you still are. You still are a part of the body. And that's Mm -hmm. the exact opposite Huh. Of what Mr. Whitaker was saying. And so I'm like, Paul is amazing. Paul sees God's vision, including everyone, even those who are like, no, I'm not going to be a part of this, saying like, well, God's going to use you anyways, mm-hmm. you idiot. <laughs> like, <laughs> even if you choose to like say like, I'm not going to be a part of Like, God, that's who God loves to use, right? And so it's just so fascinating how this gets a, turned into a morality play used to shame like a 12-year-old boy about <laughs> not going to church. Right? Yeah. I, like, think, I think he's like 16. Oh, never mind. 16-year-old <laughs> boys can be shamed as much as, <laughs> as much as we want. Just kidding. I don't actually believe that. But you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, what I thought was interesting too is um, so talking about like needing the diversity within the body, right? And like how it doesn't work to have a bunch of footmen uh, meant that, that that led to blind spots. Which actually describes churches in a lot of parts of the world, particularly the American church. Yeah. Right? So, like, that idea of, like, being able to see, like, some of the problems that need to be addressed, the white evangelical church has not been able to see those things because it's been so homogenous. It's like a group of, you know, like one eyeball rather than a full body or, you know, right. just feet or just arms or whatever. Um, and really, like, we need we need each other. And, and I think 
uh, along so many lines. So like racial, um, economic, and then denominational as well. Like I, I, uh, I really like Bob Ekblad, um, is a guy that has been in ministry for a long time. And, um, he started out as this kind of like, uh, leftist, like communism in the Bible, then was like, I need the Holy Spirit. I need, I need to see God's power in the world. And then recently was like, and I think we need Southern Baptists and their like their repentance, like the idea of repentance. He's like, I think we need all these things. And without, without each other, we're not getting a full picture and we end up just self-segregating or segregating because someone else segregated, um, where we're just all the same and it, it doesn't work out very well. Yeah. Okay. So let's, let's take this to a concrete place. What would you want to tell our daughter, you know, who's seven about church and going to church and the importance of attending church? Um, what do we tell her? I don't know. I try to not tell her things like, well, that's where we say that's where you learn about God. We don't say like, that's where God is. I think the importance of going to church is that you are connecting. I mean, I think it goes back to... Maybe we should talk about her shirt. Oh, right. Yeah, <laughs> we will. But I think it goes I think it goes back to like, you know, when Paul... Is it Paul or Hebrews? I think Hebrews where it's like, don't give up meeting together. And I think that's really important. I think we put way too much emphasis on the structure and form, and I think that there should be more flexibility around that. Institutions are inherently self-serving. Right. We cannot forget that. That's why I consider myself an ecumenical anarchist. Right. Because that just basically is the idea that, like, every church is inherently broken because it is a system of power. Um, and, it's, and it's fighting to uphold that power. Right. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think with that in mind, with our daughter, it's just we go here. We do like to be around people who also have been liberated by Jesus, love Jesus. We do love to share the stories of God. We do love um, to be in that community and to be encouraged by each other and to serve each other in that capacity. But that's not our primary way we serve you know we live Mm -hmm. in our neighborhood and i wish we could bring more of our neighbors with us honestly but that's just not our reality so my daughter you know she has a lot of friends and most of them are muslim not all of them but a lot of them are um and i made this shirt for our kids for christmas was it for father's day yeah uh oh my gosh and so the shirts say black lives matter to god so crispin loves wearing his shirt that says black lives matter and so I made him these shirts for our kids to wear. And Ramona asked if she could wear that to her school. And I just said, I don't even know if this is right or not. But I was like, well, I don't know. Let's just think about that. You know, like maybe not everybody believes that. I probably shouldn't have said anything like that to her. I should have just let her wear that shirt. So I don't know what I was thinking. But now she's like, oh, well, the only place I can wear that shirt is to church. Because the only people who believe that Black Lives Matter to God are Christians. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm laughing because it's sad because as anybody knows it's actually a lot of white evangelicals would very quickly point out that all lives matter to God you know and right. so it's just but it kind of in a way it's kind of beautiful that she believes that every single Christian would just like think her shirt is the coolest shirt in the world and mm-hmm. we're not going to pop her bubble I would say probably most of the people at our church like that shirt yeah, and not everybody right. but you know 
hopefully the majority of people. But it's kind of precious. That's what she thinks the church is, a place where you can wear your Black Lives Matter to God shirt. And it's true there and valued there. So yeah, that's cool. Right. Church. <laughs> we we have, go to one. We have such a complicated... I serve in the nursery, which is sort of hard for me. <laughs> <laughs> we're maybe going to go to a potluck this Sunday. So we're not anti-church. But right. we also don't think attending church is as important as thinking about spiritual gifts, which is what that passage really is about. Mm-hmm. So again, why did Odyssey focus on this? It's to get little kids into going to church, which is weird. Yeah, right. And church really is not the end all be all. I think I hope not. Right. And I think that's I think that's where we stand. But Okay, well look at us. We turned a kind of a silly one into kind of a boring theological discussion. Right. About church. And about I bet some of you have some thoughts about what we said about church. So feel free to hit us up. You can email us at Prophetic Imagination Station at gmail.com. Or you can find us on Twitter at Prophetic Imagine, I think. Mm-hmm. Or the PIS podcast. Yeah. Piece of shit. No, kidding. <laughs> Anywho, thanks for listening. If you have any ideas for what we should talk about next, I'm seriously toying with the idea of doing a McGee and Me podcast because all of those McGee and Me videos are found on YouTube for free. So people go, like, watch along with us. Crispin doesn't mm. believe me, but I'm like, we're going to be so famous if we do that. <laughs> so if if anybody wants to hear a McGee and Me podcast where you can easily watch the videos along with us. I mean, that's the hard thing about this. Nobody has access to Adventures in Odyssey. Nobody's going to pay money right. to listen to these episodes. Wouldn't it be funny if we led to... A resurgence. Right, yeah. Not that I think we We'd will. We'd have to but... shut it down. We <laughs> yeah. can't serve that institution. Right. Right. <laughs> Agreed. We cannot. Okay, well, thanks for listening. This has been an episode of the Prophetic Imagination Station. Check us out on SoundCloud or iTunes and stay tuned for weekly discussions.